Greetings, friends and fellow patriots and fellow citizens. Welcome to this edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'm the president of the We the People Convention. And this podcast is paid for by the donors to the We the People Convention. Today, we are recording on Saturday, February 13th, 2021. And we uh, thank you for joining us. If you've uh, are new to the podcast, we, we welcome you. We hope that you will share this with others. We hope that you will find that we provide information that you aren't getting anywhere else. And certainly, have, for those of you who've been uh, regular watchers and listeners to the podcast, yeah, you will admit that uh, you get news and opinions that you don't get anywhere else, because we really do try to think uh, outside the box and, and kind of look at the world uh, through a little different lens, uh, not just a political lens, but a common sense conservative lens. Uh, the purpose of this podcast is for you and I and all of us to understand what's going on in our world so that we can protect and defend our personal uh, and individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity, and that we can uh, also work to defend our constitution and our nation so that we can protect our freedom and liberty and prosperity, because those things are all tied together, as you all know. So, the big story this week uh, is the fiasco farce of the uh, impeachment, the second, quote unquote, impeachment of Donald Trump. And as you know, and I know, and all of us know, uh, this is just absolutely political theater. Uh, it's unconstitutional. Uh, the Constitution only provides for the impeachment of a president if they're still the president. Donald Trump is now a private citizen. Uh, that's why Supreme Court Justice Roberts is not presiding, which is also called for in the Constitution. So this, in, this quote unquote impeachment trial is literally intended by the Democrats to do nothing more than to try to destroy Donald Trump. And as we saw, uh, if you watched any of it, and I hope you didn't watch hardly any of it because it's absolute garbage, and I'm sure the ratings for this have been terrible. But uh, if you saw any of it, you probably saw clips where uh, the Democrats you know, were, were quoted uh, over and over saying, the purpose of this is to make sure Donald Trump can never run again for office. That's the purpose of this. This has nothing to do with the uh, January 6th uh, assault on the Capitol building. This has nothing to do with Donald Trump, uh, you know, inspiring or instigating or causing that assault. It is, it is, it is totally political. The goal is to make sure that they never have to run against Donald Trump again because they know that Donald Trump beat them this time and would beat them again. Okay. That's what this is all about. Now, Fortunately, uh, as things are closing today on Saturday, the 13th of January, uh, excuse me, of February, uh, Trump's uh, defense team is closing their presentation. They did a very good job on Friday just exposing the total hypocrisy. Literally, nothing they accused Donald Trump of in the 16 hours that they got to produce these slick edited lies, total propaganda, where they literally took Donald Trump's words out of context intentionally, which in itself should outrage you and outrage the American public that Congress would so debase our Constitution by not only holding this phony you know, impeachment hearing, but to actually lie, bold-faced lie, to the American people about what Donald Trump has said and done. And so it was great to see them totally exposed for the hypocrisy. I'm going to play a short clip for you, which was not presented at the hearings, but it's a, it's, it's an example of what was presented at the hearings, which just completely shows their hypocrisy. So let's just watch this uh, short and listen to the short clip. Donald Trump committed a massive crime against our Constitution and our people and the worst violation of the presidential oath of office in the history of the United States of America. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. By telling the mob that their election had been stolen from them. I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. Even then, after that vicious attack, he continued to spread the big lie. I think it's also critical to understand you can run the best campaign and you can have the election stolen from you. 
This was months of cultivating a base of people who were violent. Praising that violence. And, and everyone beware. They're not going to let up, and they should not. And he still gave that marching orders and, quote, fight like hell. Democrats are going to fight like hell. And we're going to fight like hell. We'll fight like hell. And we'll fight like hell. But can you imagine telling your supporters that the only way you could possibly lose is if an American election was rigged and stolen from you? And you can have the election stolen from you. And ask yourself whether you've ever seen anyone at any level of government make the same claim about their own election. And you can have the election stolen from you. And in the months, the president made these statements. People listened. Armed supporters surrounded election officials' homes. The Secretary of State for Georgia got death threats. And they were shouting threats, you know, to us to, to kill us. We cannot go outside now. It's become so dangerous for us. When he saw firsthand the violence that his conduct was creating. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. He didn't condemn the violence. Incited it further. They're not going to let up, and they should not. So there you have it. A real interesting, you know, juxtaposition of, uh, you know, the Democrats saying exactly the same thing and and then their followers doing way more damage than anything that happened on January 6th at the, at the uh, Capitol building. So this is going to go, you know, for another day or so. The president is not going to be convicted. And then I think they're going to go after his businesses. I think they're going to go after him personally, Okay. Their, their goal is to just dog him and dog him and wear him down until he just gives up. I don't think Donald Trump's going to give up. I think that he's going to fight back. But, um, you know, we're going to see. But this has been a total fiasco, a total lie. And that lie is being exposed. And, and they, you know, they had statements like, uh, you know, Trump supporters uh, set fire to a church. Totally wrong. Antifa did that. They called it an armed assault. On the Capitol building, one problem, nobody had weapons. None of the Trump supporters had any weapons, okay? And so I talked to you last week about a very significant story that led to us running a national ad on the Salem Radio Network about CN creating the lie that protesters killed the Capitol police officer on January 6th. Well, that story has developed quite a bit because there was a, a story. If you go to wethepeopleconvention.org and you look at that story, you'll see that I've added some more links. And I often do this, folks. One of the things I really work hard to try to do is, we, you know, when we post a story, we don't just let it sit there. If something changes, there's new information, we will add to that. So when you go back, you'll be able to pick up, you know, what the most recent news is. So in that story about CNN creating the lie that, you know, the, the uh, Sisnik, the police officer who died, was, you know, beat over the head with a fire extinguisher. And that's why he died. And, and you'll see all kinds of clips of CNN, MSNBC, every liberal left wing, you know, communist news organization selling the propaganda that this was a violent riot and the Trump supporters beat an officer to death with a fire extinguisher. Well, Revolver News came out with a very good story that basically exposed that not only is a CNN thing, CNN thing a lie, but there's been cover-ups. They're not releasing the autopsy reports. They have, you know, and then Tucker Carlson did a piece about, um, you know, the people who died on January 6th. The three Trump supporters, one who apparently was trampled accidentally and died. The second one, the other two died of strokes and heart attacks while they were there. So they didn't die because of violence. Now we've got two police officers who committed suicide. We have no idea who they are. We have no idea why they committed suicide. Okay. And, and, you know, we'd like to know that. What's going on here? What did they know? And then we have the officer in the uh, Capitol building who shot an unarmed Trump supporter. And, and, and again, they're not giving us the, the police report. There's the, his lawyer is saying, you know, based on what he did, you, you can't say anything, but he's a hero. Well, he, he shot an unarmed person. 
I'd like to see more about that. So the left's whole case is falling apart. And as you know, you know, there's now evidence that there were groups pre-planning, okay, to do something on January 6th. So the fact that Trump's speech incited this is just laughable on its face. And it's being exposed. But as you know, you know, because we're being censored, if you don't share this information, if you don't share that video that I just showed you, which is on wethepeopleconvention.org, two people, you know, uh, that are not informed, they're, they're not going to know. They're going to think that the Democrats are telling the truth. And they're not. And that video just shows they're impeaching themselves. Saul Linsky's Rules for Radicals. Whatever they accuse you of is what they're doing. Okay, what they're doing. I also posted uh, a, a video on the website uh, this week, which is, is called, uh, it's about, you know, the voter fraud. And it's a 16-minute summary video. And I put it up there because we had talked about uh, uh, Mike Lindell's two-hour, you know, uh, you know, you know, absolute proof video that he put out last week, which is very good. A lot of you have watched it, and it's gotten a lot of traction. And um, and but this thing is 16 minutes, and it talks about how uh, adjudication was a major player in what happened. Now, adjudication is that the electronic voting machines can be set. Uh, and, or excuse me, the tabulators can be set to be really sensitive or not very sensitive when they're looking at ballots. In other words, can they read the marks on a ballot? And what we saw was that they had set those machines to reject an unprecedented number of ballots. Normally, and I think by federal regulation, you can only reject, the machines have to be calibrated so they only reject like 1% or 2% of the ballots. They were rejecting like 10, 12, 30, 40% of the ballots. Now, what does that mean? That means that as I put your ballot through the machine and it rejects it, meaning I can't read this, but we know they changed the settings so the machine couldn't read this, a person gets to look at the ballot and decide how you voted. The vote can be decided by an election worker with no oversight, no transparency, and no audit trail. And in places like Pennsylvania and in Georgia and in, in Wisconsin and, and uh, Michigan and in Arizona, hundreds of thousands of these were decided by these voting officials with no one watching them. No one watching them. This is what's so egregious about all of this. And so we've all been working and looking carefully at Maricopa County, Arizona, because we've talked about what's the plan going forward. First and foremost, we have to prove the voter fraud. And, and these videos that Mike Lindell did and, and this other stuff, you know, that, you know, I'm putting out shows the voter fraud, but we have to prove it. The place we were hoping to get a chance to prove it was in Maricopa County, Arizona, because as we showed you last week, you know, Trump lost Arizona by like 10,000 votes. There's like 36,000 people in Maricopa County who voted who had no right to vote. There's hundreds of thousands of them who, who didn't register to vote, okay? And there were hundreds of thousands of these ballots adjudicated. So the Senate, the Republican Senate of Arizona has been pressing the, uh, the Board of Elections in Maricopa County and to let them do a forensic audit and actually look at the paper ballots. Well, there was a vote because the Maricopa County uh, Board of Elections was saying, we're not going to share this with you. And the Senate had to vote to see if they would try to press charges to actually put them in jail for not doing this. And unfortunately, as I reported to you, and how do I report to you? I send out text messages and emails because social media is not there for us. If you're not getting our text messages or emails, go to wethepeopleconvention.org. Right on the front page, it says, get our newsletter. It asks for your email and your phone number. That's what I need to have to keep you in touch. And I sent out an email that said Arizona State uh, Senator Paul Boyer uh, voted against holding the court supervisors in contempt. So now the, board, the state Senate fell one vote short. And again, this guy was a quote-unquote Republican in a quote-unquote Republican state. And he said, I couldn't vote for this because I don't think, even though we have the right to do this, we should do it. We should go to a court and get a judge to order it. Well, what did we learn during this whole 
since the day after the election till today, what have we learned about the courts? They're cowards. They want nothing to do with turning votes over. That's what we've learned. And so by him voting that way, he's trying to make it go away. He's trying to stop this audit. And it's disgraceful. And I know many of you called him and many of you are calling the senators in Arizona. They are not giving up. They are still moving forward. I don't know if they're going to try to get a judge to rule. But in the meantime, Maricopa County is doing an audit, okay, where they hired two different auditors and, and they're, you know, they're pretending that we're going to investigate ourselves and you should accept that as real. Okay, well, let me let me show you an example. Again, these are stories you never see anywhere else, but it's important. Okay, Arizona Libertarian Party sues Maricopa County over denial of access to audit of vote and county equipment. On February 9th, the Maricopa County Libertarian Party sued Maricopa County election officials over their refusals to permit political parties to have observers at the forensic audit of election equipment that began earlier this month. The county invited many organizations to watch, including the League of Women Voters, for God's sake, but it did not invite representatives of any political party. Arizona election law generally recognizes the right of political parties to send observers to any such activities. This lawsuit was filed on February 10th, this week. What are they hiding? You're going to let the League of Women Voters watch this audit? The League of Women Voters, folks, is nothing but a front group for the Democrats. They always have been. They're as phony as a $3 bill. So I'm glad to see the Libertarian Party stand up. But this is showing you how fraudulent all of this is. We've got to find a way to break through somehow, somewhere. And there's a big meeting, a big uh, you know day this week, February 19th, this week. The Supreme Court has announced that they're going to look at all the suits that were brought to them after the election, about the election, from Sidney Powell, from Lynn Wood, from other people that they would not take on an emergency basis. So they have like these seven lawsuits that involve all kinds of voter fraud you know, uh, evidence in all kinds of states. And they're going to decide which ones of those they're going to hear. Now, trust me on this. They're not going to take a bunch of them. Matter of fact, I hope they at least take one of them. But but that's that's what you got to understand. Now, why would the Supreme Court do this? Well, I just talked to you about the fact that they didn't take these cases during the time right after the election because they were intimidated. They were intimidated by Chuck Sumer standing outside the Supreme Court saying, you know, you're going to get your paid back, Kavanaugh, okay, and, and uh, Gorsuch. And, and, and they were intimidated by the Democrats saying, we're going to pack the court. What does that mean? It means we're going to take your majority away. We're going to take your power away. Yeah, but that's, that's not an impeachable offense, right? Yeah, Chuck Schumer shouldn't be impeached about directly threatening Supreme Court justices, but Donald Trump should be impeached for saying, go peacefully and patriotically and petition your governance about your grievance, right? Hypocrites. But that's why they didn't do it. They wanted nothing to do with overturning this election. Now, they're not going to hear these cases that they're going to consider this week. They're going to agree, they're going to announce which ones they're going to hear. They won't rule on these until like next October. Okay? Maybe June, but probably October. So they're far enough from the vote, and they're not going to vote uh, to overturn any votes because they're cowards. Okay? And they don't defend the Constitution when it counts. But but it is important that they hear one of those cases, and that is the Pennsylvania case. The Pennsylvania case is the one that we think, and that Mark Levin, if you go back to WeThePeopleConvention.org and look in the video section, you'll see the, the part of Mark Levin talking about the black and white, undeniable voter fraud and corruption that took place where states like Pennsylvania violated the U.S. Constitution and violated their own Constitution by changing the election rules through entities other than the state legislature. It's crystal clear. As Levin said, it's black and white. I think the Supreme Court is going to take that case 
because it's so clearly a constitutional violation. That's important for us. Why? Because we can't move forward unless we fix the voter fraud. The constitutional voter fraud, the unconstitutional voter fraud, is a big part of this. If the Supreme Court will rule that only the legislature can make the rules, that will end a whole bunch of shenanigans that took place. Okay? Now, I'm here to tell you, if they don't take that case, we're in a world of trouble. Now, we, we ain't exactly in Kansas anymore, Dorothy, right now, right? I mean, the world's upside down. But I'm telling you, if they don't take that PA case, we're going to have to start thinking about some serious, serious efforts on our part because literally the Supreme Court is basically saying we're worthless. We don't defend the Constitution. So I'm going to be watching this very carefully. I hope you will be as well. Now, again, we have no trust in these institutions. Don't get me wrong. All right. I'm not trying to give you false hope, but I am trying to fight in areas where it makes a difference. And I'm trying to help you focus on the things that make a difference. Yes, I'd love them to hear every one of these cases. Man, I'd love them to hear Sidney Powell's case. Right. But I, my guess is they're only going to take the PA case because it has nothing to do with voter fraud and evidence. They don't want to go there. But it has to do with the Constitution, and, they're, and the, it's so clear they really couldn't be criticized. And because it'll be for future elections and not the past election, they can hide like the cowards they are. Also, the people that we worked our butts off to elect Donald Trump, to say take the Senate, the three people that we put in the Supreme Court, yeah, it's time for them to show up. It's time for them to show up. I know Clarence Thomas is going to show up. I guarantee you that, okay? And Alito probably will too. Where are those three? That's going to be important to all of us. Okay, before we take a break, I do want to talk to you about this article that we talked about last week. It's the Time Magazine article. And I told you that I didn't post it on our website but you could look it up. It's called The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. This article got a ton of publicity and because basically it's an admission that they rigged the election. They used words like conspired, that these groups conspired together to change the election voting rules and laws and regulations. It's an indictment. It's an indictment. Okay, and so a lot of people were talking about this article. And again, I told you that I thought, first of all, it's a bunch of self-promoting garbage. Okay, the woman that wrote it is just a sycophant. Okay, but they did talk about the vast number of organizations, a crime syndicate, as it were, of unions, businesses, nonprofit groups, Democratic Party organizations who coordinated their activities. To, as they said, to help democracy win, to keep Trump from committing a coup when it was actually them committing a coup. And so if you're interested in how vast their resources are, you should go online and search for that article from Time Inc., time.com. Okay. And it's the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. They didn't save it, they stole it. Now, interestingly, on like Thursday of this week, there was a, a gentleman from the Federal Elections Commission who was on One America News, and then later that day he was on Newsmax. And it was really interesting because he was talking about this article and basically was indicating that, that what was done violated federal election law. And what was really interesting, this guy's name is Trey Trainer. Okay, and he's one of the you know uh, the, the board members of the Federal Election Commission, and he went on TV and he said, "Well, now you need to understand the Federal Elections Commission has no authority to initiate an investigation into a federal election violation. We can only respond to complaints. So if you read this article, 
we encourage you to go to the Federal Elections Commission website and make yourself familiar with the criteria needed to file a Federal Election Commission complaint and to do so. And I thought, and, and, and let me give credit where credit's due, because you guys, you people, who, all of you who are members of the We the People Convention from all over America, who you know, listen to the podcast, you know, who, who share our emails and text messages, you send me stuff every day. And while this guy was on TV, you were writing to me and said, hey, look at this guy on TV. What's the message here? And that's how I found out about this. And, and so I said, what is this about? Because I know, because we have a pack called the Freedom for All PAC, that you know, it's pretty sophisticated to, to file a complaint with the Federal Elections Commission. That like it's not like you just go in there and 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 typing in, you know, on a form, you know, stop this. There, there's actually, you know, you have to file some paperwork to do that. So I started to investigate and I actually caught, contacted some Washington, DC attorneys uh, and asked them if they would look at this article and if we the people convention could file. Uh, some federal election charges against some of these groups groups that admitted in this article that they coordinated in, to basically fix the election. And so with your, you know, with your support, because your donations are going to have to pay for this, if we go forward, we're going to investigate this. And if possible, we're going to try to file some election complaints against these groups to see if we can get them you know, to be fined and shut down and stop from doing this in the future, okay? So again, we're not just about talk, we're about action, all right? And so this is one of the things that we looked at this week, action that we could take, and we'll talk about more action we can take later. Right now, we're just going to take a quick break. You're listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We The People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We The People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We The People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, and we're back, and we're sure glad you're with us, and we hope that you will share this podcast. Uh, it is available uh, on Roku TV, on Amazon Fire TV. It's uh, available on uh, YouTube. We just launched a Roku channel. Uh, it's on Apple iTunes for those who want to just listen to the audio. Okay, yeah, we it's but it's on our website and it's on our servers, so it can never be censored. We are not, you know, being hosted by Amazon or anything like that. We're protecting ourselves because we knew long ago that big tech was not our friends. And we're going to talk a little bit more about how we're going to fight big tech going forward. So you can get it any way you want. Just go to wethepeopleconvention.org. And if you click on the little yellow button, it'll take you to a page that has all the instructions about how you can get it through different sources. So please share that, okay? That would really be great. Okay, so... Next thing I want to talk about is, you know, the COVID madness. And, and it's just, it's just despicable what's going on. It's just, there's no other word for it. Folks, this is the biggest hoax of the century. It's just that simple. And if you, if you don't believe that, I'll give you a simple way to figure it out. Go online and search on the number of deaths in 2020 and the number of deaths in 2019, which you'll see is there's almost no difference. Well, if COVID is so deadly, if it's killing so many people, well then, how can that be true? The answer is, yes, it's a deadly disease. So is the regular flu. So are all kinds of other diseases, right? But the people who are dying from it generally are older, have comorbidities, and are going to die this year anyway. This mask wearing, this social distancing, this closing of businesses, this closing of schools, this closing of nursing homes, this has been a hoax. It's outrageous. The evidence is clear as a bell. But don't believe me. Here's a video that you can find at wethepeopleconvention.org that talks about how the CDC has admitted that they listed people as COVID deaths that did not die from COVID. You should share this with all your mask wearing friends. 
The Centers for Disease Control have updated their death counts for coronavirus and reveal yet again that COVID-19 is rarely the actual cause of death among coronavirus patients. According to the CDC themselves, of the 220,000 deaths attributed to the coronavirus, 87,000 of them died from pneumonia and influenza. Another 17,000 died from chronic respiratory diseases and 26,000 died from respiratory distress syndrome. 44,000 patients died from hypertensive diseases, 23,000 died from heart disease, and a whopping 28,000 died from cardiac arrest and heart failure. Yet all of these, even patients who died from heart attacks, were marked down as dying from the coronavirus. Doctors who spoke with One American News explained that 131,000 patients who are being considered COVID-19 deaths already had life-ending diseases, including cancer, dementia, and even end-stage renal failure. And according to the CDC, again, if you look at place of death, you'll see that some 10,000 patients who died from COVID were on hospice care, meaning they were terminally ill to begin with and were already expected to die. Doctors tell One America News that all of these patients were critically ill and likely died from their pre-existing conditions without any help from the coronavirus. However, they explain that the CARES Act, passed by Congress in March, gives hospitals a 20% bonus on their diagnosis-related group paid for by Medicare. Essentially, that means doctors are being paid to list deaths as coronavirus without any indication the patient's death was actually COVID-related. The CDC backs these numbers up, explaining that coronavirus itself is responsible for just 6% of all deaths listed as coronavirus-related. The other 94% of deaths are due to pre-existing comorbidities, including serious illnesses and advanced age. However, despite this report being officially published by the CDC, so far the mainstream media have completely ignored it, instead continuing to hype a pandemic that seems less dangerous every day. Well, there you have it, okay? And, you know, what more do you want to say? So we're claiming that there's 440,000 deaths in the United States, okay, from COVID when they're not from COVID. And when again, just use common sense. If this was so deadly, the number of deaths in America should have rose exponentially, and they didn't, okay? So those are facts. Dr. Fauci's a fool. He doesn't have any facts, okay? This guy's a failure. He's failed back when AIDS He's a person who lied to us about AIDS and said that heterosexuals could get AIDS. You know why? Because he didn't want people to not fund AIDS research because of homophobia. He's a liar. He lied about the mask. Now he's telling you you need to wear two masks. Are you dumb enough to do that? You shouldn't even be wearing one mask. All the research shows that even wearing the mask is bad for you. Not good for you, bad for you. Okay, now what do we got? We got Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, Mr., you're the greatest mayor. You know, Joe Biden's on TV talking about this guy's the gold standard for how to handle COVID. Yeah. So what do we got this week? We got the report that comes out that says, oh, by the way, yeah, New York covered up the number of people who died in the nursing homes when Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, didn't send those seniors that had COVID, didn't send them to the ships that Donald Trump brought to the New York Harbor, the medical ships that he turned around so fast, it was unbelievable. Those ships that were empty, full of doctors and nurses ready to treat patients. Andrew Cuomo didn't send them there. He sent them to nursing homes where they died and infected others and killed them. By how much? Yeah, 50% more than reported. That's not my saying it. That's one of his staff saying that. And they, quote unquote, covered it up because they were concerned that the Justice Department would charge them. They're going to get charged. They murdered people. And then they lied about it. And commie Bill de Blasio, the guy who's destroying New York City, he's called for a full investigation of Governor Cuomo. See how they eat their own? Yeah, good for you. But guess what? They're all, a, this, all of these governors are a bunch of liars and thieves. Here in Ohio, oh, we had a report that came out just this week. Oh, 
Surprise, Ohio Health Director says corona death data job fell on one employee who got overwhelmed. One employee was entering all the data about Ohio COVID deaths. And oh, this according to the Department of Health, uh, you know, it said uh, that death data discrepancies that the department reported were recently discovered and revealed that the state's death toll is really close to 16,000 instead of the 11,856 that was reported previously because one employee, when the death toll started going up, got overwhelmed and never put the data in. And you're going to trust these people? You're going to trust these people to tell your kids to get vaccinated when they have no danger from coronavirus? Why would you vaccinate kids who have no chance of dying or getting, you know, even getting seriously sick? Why are you doing that? That's irresponsible, right? Irresponsible. But that's what's going on. And I'm not taking the vaccine. And guess what? A whole bunch of people in hospitals are saying that we ain't taking the vaccine. Because this vaccine has side effects. There's people dying from this vaccine. There's people, and this is what I don't understand. There's people who had COVID already. They gave them the vaccine and they died. Because the vaccine triggers your immune system. And it overwhelmed them and they died. These are like 80-year-old people. Why would you give them the vaccine when they already had COVID? These are the people making decisions for us. You need to make your own decisions. We're Americans. Government doesn't have control over your body. You have the control over your body. And guess what? There's evidence now that this quote-unquote vaccine, which they're using that word to try to intimidate you and bring into power laws that exist, isn't even a vaccine. It doesn't meet the definition of a vaccine. Don't be fooled by the lies. It's going to kill you, and it's sure as heck killing our country. So there was a story that came out this week that's very disturbing. And I want to talk to you small business owners about this because this is really important. They're setting a trap for us. We're a small business owner. My wife, Nan, and I have owned business for 42 years, okay? We've been struggling just like you have, trying to stay alive. And we're not sure we're going to make it, quite frankly. I don't know that we're going to make it past this year. But I want to talk to you about some important things. So there was a, a study done by the Federal Reserve, and it says that 30% of all Small businesses say they don't think they're going to make it through this year. That's 9 million small businesses are going to close permanently. This is a catastrophe. Way more, way more serious than the deaths of the people from COVID. Way more. Because I got news for you, folks. These, these people don't grow on trees. The person who starts a small business and has the brains and the guts and to, to fight through all the obstacles, the legal obstacles, coming up with an idea that they can market and they can make a profit in, to hire people, take on the responsibility of paying wages, right? Paying taxes, helping our communities. They're special people. We're about to wipe 30% of them out. They aren't coming back. And you can't just find these people. But now I want to speak directly to you small business owners. The article said that these, country, these businesses would close without more aid from the government. Here's the problem, folks. These SBA loans that they're giving to small businesses aren't grants. They're loans. And guess what? You, the business owner, I, the business owner, am personally responsible for repaying those loans. So let me put this into a, a, you know, a way you can understand it. They claim they're helping you by giving you this money while they are also saying, you know, you have to close your restaurant at 11 o'clock. You know, you, you have to have only 50% capacity or 25% capacity. They're destroying your business. And then they're saying, we're going to give you these loans to help you. But here's the problem. If you don't survive and go bankrupt, 
Not only did he destroy your immediate life, your immediate income, your family business, but now they're going to destroy you personally. Because after you go bankrupt, you're going to have to still pay those loans and you'll be paying those SBA, or SBA loans for decades. Now, sure, it's a low interest rate, but you got to pay it. Don't fall into the trap. Don't take these SBA loans unless you can pay them off with the business proceeds. And if you're going to pay things, pay those SBA loans first because that's what you're personally responsible for, not your regular business debt. See how government has unfair advantages? See how it's all rigged in their favor? Are they helping you or are they hurting you? If you don't do it right, they're not only hurting you, they're killing you. They're destroying your family's future. So be careful. These aren't grants. These are loans. Now, I'm not talking about the PPP, you know, the payroll protection thing. Those are grants. But you're, you're, you're trying to stay alive. They're giving you these small business, uh, uh, you know, administration emergency loans. They're loans. Remember that. Be careful. They're really doing some serious damage to us. And speaking about doing serious damage to us, this was a really interesting story, and it's not getting enough play, but it's really important. President Marcon from France, who is not a Donald Trump fan, has been very outspoken. And he, he had a, there was articles this week and last week that he's very upset by big tax censorship of Donald Trump and his supporters. And I talked a little about that last week because he's saying, wait a minute, these companies like Facebook, Twitter, and Google, in a democracy, they don't get to determine free speech. We, the government does. And you're, if you're going to censor Donald Trump, what are you going to do to me in France? And I talked to you a couple shows ago about the president of, of Mexico has immediately ordered that when the G20 gets together, that they're going to talk about this because they're not going to let Facebook and Twitter and Google censor them. But Marcon went even further this week, and I thought this was great, and it was very insightful, and it's really to our advantage. Now, France is one of the most liberal places on earth, okay? They're as left as left can be. But Marcon made a statement this week where he said that he fears the biggest threat to Western civilization and to his country is the far left being manufactured in U.S. universities. Wow, was that true? Is that not prescient? He named them. He called them out. There is a cancer in our universities in America that is spreading around the world and is destroying everything that has made this world as successful as it is. It's an assault on Western civilization, on Judeo-Christian values, and on capitalism. And we need to defeat these people. And I am happy to hear that even the French are waking up to this. Because this is the battle of our time. This is corporate fascism. Zuckerberg and, and, and Bezos and, and uh, the guy at Facebook and, and, you know, I mean, Twitter and Instagram, these people need to be reined in, if not arrested. And I'm glad to see Marcone starting to develop an international assault on that. So last week we talked about, and I have the video up at WeThePeopleConvention.org, where Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, is putting forward legislation to rein in big tech. He's basically talking about fining them $100,000 a day if they deplatform a candidate, if they demonetize you, okay? These are important steps. We've got to take away this unfair monopoly that our Congress gave to big tech, this Section 230 and all of that. This is just... You know, I mean, go, and I again, I ask you guys, I've said this a million times, I am begging you. I am begging you. Your kids or someone you know has a Netflix account. I'm begging you to go to Netflix and watch the movie, The Social Dilemma. 
The Social Dilemma. I'm begging you to watch this. It is vital to your understanding. Social media is the most destructive psychological tool ever invented by man. It is killing, mean it, literally killing people every day. It cannot go forward the way it is. I've talked to you on the show before. It needs to be a public utility, not advertising supported, not free, not them mining you, spying on you, using you as the product. This is evil incarnate. It must be stopped. And I talked last week about us trying to take action at the local level to get our cable uh, rules for the, the cable companies to operate in our communities to change them to make sure they can't deplatform people. I mean, this week on Fox News, I know a lot of you stopped watching Fox News, and I can understand why, but they're under attack. We talked about Lou Dobbs being you know, fired, in essence, taken off the air, and they're trying to take Fox off the air. We can't let that happen. We need that voice. But that's what they're doing, and they're doing it through the cable systems. So Ron uh, DeSantis in, in you know, Florida has filed, uh, is putting forward legislation. We're trying to get that legislation to give to you, to give to all of our state attorney generals. But I'm happy to report the Texas governor announced that they were going to follow Florida's lead, and they're drafting a bill to fight censorship. Okay, big tech censorship. So they're, they're stepping up. People are stepping up, and they need to step up. We need to fight these people because our government, and don't, don't get me wrong, it's real simple. They bribed them. They bribed Barack Obama. If you know, Go back to some of my shows years last year, okay? Barack Obama's Federal Trade Commission was investigating Google and Facebook and Twitter for antitrust and violations in 2011. He was desperate to get reelected in 2012. Guess what? The tech companies said, we will help you get reelected if you drop that. There was a Google employee that visited the White House when Barack Obama was president every week during his presidency after that. That's called collusion. Okay? That's collusion. So they are the enemy, and we've got to stop it. And, and if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, I've got an article about we are no longer a, a democracy or a republic. We are an oligarchy. The oligarchs are Dorsey from Twitter and Zuckerberg from Facebook and the rest of them, Bezos from Amazon. Those are the oligarchs along with the big banks in D.C. or in New York City. Okay? So we were talking about we we're talking about solutions. You know, we, we, we're, you know we're, we're fighting the fight as best we can. We're trying to understand this. And I told you, you know, that, you know, we, we've considered a lot of things. People have talked about everything from civil war to uh, third parties to, um, you know, secession to taking over the Republican Party, you know, all kinds of things. OK, but this week I, I sent out a text because Texas is actually trying to get a vote in their state to secede from the union. And I put out a text message about a story that Alan West, who is a state party chairman, uh, has now come out and said he supports a vote on secession from the union, that Texas will become its own country. And, and I had to send out a correction. If you get our text messages, I sent out you know, a, a text and then the Texas Republican Party contacted me because my text indicated kind of what the, the headline on that graphic I just put up. It, it, the story that I was using from The Guardian, which you can see at wethepeopleconvention.org, they basically said that, that um, Alan West was in favor. He, he said he's in favor of secession. He's actually saying he's in favor of a secession vote. So I had to send out a correction about that. But in that article, you can click on a link that takes you to the Texit website. Texit, right? Texit is like Brexit, right? Texas exit is called Texit. Go to that site and take a look, okay? It's really interesting. It's the Texas 
Um, you know, it's the Texas Nationalist Movement is the name of the website. And they've got great documents there. They even got a book you can get that talks about secession. I need to tell you that if we have things like the Supreme Court does not take this case this week, the PA case, and does not follow which is what is clearly black and white in the U.S. Constitution, I am looking very, very seriously at secession being the answer to our problem here in our country. I've talked to you about the fact that we have what I call irreconcilable differences. We are not the same people anymore. There are a minority of people who live in the West Coast and the Northeast who have become socialist, communist, Marxist, globalist, whatever you want to call them. They believe that the state is the most important thing and all the people don't matter you just serve the state, meaning serve them. And they see that as the vision for the globe. And the biggest example of that is communist China, whose goal it is to dominate the world by 2050. Okay? Now, that is a vision of what you see in China. They're tracking everyone's movements. They're giving you a social score. You do not have free speech. You don't have rights. There is no church. There is no God because you can't have someone more powerful than the state if the state is going to control you. That's what the Democrat, communist, socialist, whatever lie they tell you believes. We believe in individualism. We believe that the most important thing is individual freedom and liberty and thus prosperity. And that is what, that is what Western civilization has been based on. And that comes out of the Bible. That comes out of Judeo-Christian teachings. Okay. That's what has enabled us to lift the people of the world out of poverty. We've, we've quoted you the statistics. No form of self-government, no form of government, you know, not dictatorships, uh, you know, monarchies, parliamentary systems, no system of government has done more to make the lives of more people better than our system, which they're trying to kill. So if you take things like a, a, a Article 5 Convention of States, which a lot of people are talking about. And you take the idea of, you know, well, you know, we're going to have a civil war or we're going to, you know, uh, have, uh, you know, declare a martial law. Well, all those things, you know, I think are flawed. But if you decide that to secede, and I'm not just talking about Texas, I'm talking about the a group of states all up through the middle. Okay, going over to Florida, okay, and going up through the Great Lakes. If they decide to secede, several important things happen in secession. And I happen to be reading another book about uh, President Grant and the whole Civil War situation. So maybe this is on my mind. But when, when you secede, what you do is you kind of do what an Article 5 convention does. You, you, you basically say, you know, we don't want to be part of your country anymore. In, in, in the case of the Civil War, the South didn't want to be part of the United States or the Union, okay? But we want to, you know, have our own constitution and follow our own laws. Well, the left talks about their great reset, right? Their great reset is, and again, go look it up. Go look at the great reset. Their, their idea is you will not own any personal property and you will like that. I'm talking about you won't own a car, let alone a house, let alone a gun. Their whole great reset is equity, meaning no matter how hard you work or how little you work, we're all going to get the same thing. And they're such geniuses that they can't look at the history of that and understand that, you know what that means? That means we all live in poverty, right? That's why everyone in the Soviet Union got to live in their own stinking concrete block building apartment and stood in line for toilet paper every day because there's no incentive for anyone to produce anything. 
But they're such geniuses, they can't read the Gulag Archipelago or do any research, right? They're trying to tell you, it's utopia, yay? We'll all have the same thing, meaning we'll all have a big house. We'll all have a nice car. We'll all have, yeah, it's all a lie, okay? Now, what are, what's, what's give them a great reset? You know what our great reset is? I want to reset our Constitution back to the years before Woodrow Wilson. I want to get rid of the federal government's intrusion in our lives. I want the 17th Amendment repealed. I want senators to be able to be appointed by our state legislatures and removed if they don't do what we want. I want more states' rights. I don't want 2 million federal workers. I don't want 200,000 federal workers. We don't need an EPA. Our states have EPAs. There should not be a Department of Education. There should not be a Department of Commerce. The federal government's job is the military, okay, and to and to deal with foreign countries. And then you've got the, the courts to arbitrate disputes between the states. If we reset to our Constitution the way our founders wrote it, which literally was designed to fight the evil of mankind, right? To keep them in a box where they could not intrude on us because they didn't have the power, you would see whatever that country is that comes out of secession dominate the world. And you know what you'd see? You'd see what remains on the left coast and in the northeast. You'd see them shrivel and die. Our biggest problem is we'd have to build a wall around the center of the country to keep the cowards who voted in these Democrats and communists and socialists in New York and L.A. and Portland and Seattle from coming into our territory. That's the only fighting. That's why you'd have to have a military. Okay? Now, if you go to that, that website for you know the Texas Nationalist Movement, okay, and again, you can get to it by going to the article you know, on wethepeopleconvention.org, and there's a link to it, and read some of that. I think you'll find it interesting. Now, I'm not telling you I'm sold on this completely. There's legal issues. But I'll tell you right now, I don't think there's any chance in heck that there would be uh, military action to keep us, right? Because the people on the coast from Washington to, New, you know, to Maine and, and on California and Washington and, and Portland and Oregon and stuff, those people despise us. They say, get out. We don't need you. Yeah, we'll take that. Please do that, because we don't want you. I'll tell you that right now. We don't want your insanity. We don't want your childhood foolishness. We don't want your indoctrinated ignorance. We don't want your secularism. We don't want your flawed economic, social, financial, government plans. You're fools. The king has no clothes. We know that. You're too stupid to know that. Okay, we understand that not being self-dependent in energy is bad. You're too stupid to know that. We know that the people who are pushing uh, climate, you know, you know, the, the, you know, climate, uh, you know, laws, you know, to, to protect the climate. Yeah, we've seen their reports. It has nothing to do with the climate. It has to do with controlling you, just like those damn masks. Okay, you're the fools. We're not. We just got to find a way to separate ourselves from the fools and let the fools destroy themselves. Secession might be the way to do it, okay? We'll see. Take a look. Send me information. Tell me about whether you think that's true or not. Again, you know, this podcast, our organization doesn't exist without you. Tell people about this podcast. Share it, okay? Get it out there. And then send me your comments at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Share your comments. Tell me what you think about secession, right? Tell me what you think about these other ideas of, you know, reining in, you know, the, uh, the cable companies so that they can't shut us off and won't support Facebook and Twitter and those guys. Let's see if we can censor them and see how they like it, right? All right. We're going to wrap up the show. I can't thank you enough for, you know, for being with us. And uh, I want you to, you know, always have a positive attitude. Never give up. It's not over until we say it's over, right? Never give up. Have faith. Keep thinking. 
Americans aren't victims, we're heroes. Let's solve the problem and let's get the job done and let's win the war. I'll be back again, hopefully by next week or sooner. You've been listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name's Tom Zawistowski.